This episode of Tinfoil Tales comes with a content warning and a reminder that this podcast is for mature audiences only. Unless I haven't been paying attention, man, the moon doesn't look normal. You keep the pressure on, correct? We stay until we win, is that right? At the moment, you're under arrest for incitement. Have you guys been following me? We're winning, folks. Okay, we're winning. We're pushing back the dark. You ask simply two questions to find a filthy Freemason demolay. Where did you go to school? Which primary school? Which high school? And who's your daddy? So one of our little trolls uh, sneaking in. Well, who was it? That that woman that uh, runs the SOS that thing. I actually I actually listened to one of their, their podcasts. It was freaking hilarious. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Tinfoil Tales. I'm Sauce. Hello, listeners. I'm Sandy, and I'm back. Thank you to Sauce and David Burgess for filling in for me while I doubt with a house move. It's a shitful process, and I'm glad to put it behind me now. Despite being incredibly bogged down with the move, I have been kind of sort of trying my best to keep up with everything through Sauce, Cookeroz Style and a bunch of others on Twitter and Facebook and a lot has happened. (laughs) Did we really think that they might take some time off to chill over the New Year holidays? Well, we sure did, silly us. But hey... When you're out there saving the world and all the kids in it, you can't wait. There's no time for relaxation. Enjoying life and your family and your friends. No, it's a spiritual war and there's only one purpose in life, to do this all for humanity. (laughs) (sighs) How sad and exhausting and why I would never encourage anyone to join this movement. But anyway, one thing that I do want to kick off this episode with is a laugh. I think we could all do with a laugh, hey, Sos? Yes, please, Sandy, make me laugh. (laughs) And this one has to do with McDonald's. Remember the chopped up baby parts for the beef patties? It's the anti-abortion conspiracy theory that aborted fetuses are sold off to corporations and that there are human cells in the French fries. It's also part of a QAnon-esque trope around adrenochrome, which is stated to be harvested from tortured babies and children and sold off to the elite to look younger. Well, a couple of our favourites spruke this nonsense. Here's a couple of examples. When will McDonald's be wiped when they ran out of babies to put in their burgers? Did you see that sign? McDonald's, our secret. What is it? Our secret is our people. Our secret ingredient is our people. McDonald's was actually going down technically uh, some long time ago now. And it's, again, it's one of those, let's slowly bring it down. You can't collapse the house. Every beam in the house is rotten. So let's replace the beams just so they stand up and the house remains. So whilst the brand might survive and the boot might get better, I don't know. But um, it's been going on for some time. They've been replacing over the last few years. Chief executives, operating officers, the lot. 
not even proof. Knows yeah. the ingredients it's in. Second. Not everyone knows. Can you just mention about what is allegedly in the? Oh, I just got told that people don't know about McDonald's. Okay, you know the adrenochrome production? Okay, let's go back a couple of steps. Adrenochrome is adrenalised blood. It is developed when an individual uh, is in a deep state of uh, terror. Adrenaline pumps through the blood and then they drain that blood from the, the person and that's a drug, it's a drug of choice. It is produced on an industrial scale, Walmart uses its um, supply chain to, 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 um, to transport around the, country, the world. It's transported in 44 gallon drums, say out of uh, Holland. Now how many babies do you have to kill and torture to get a 44 gallon drum? So what do you do with the bodies after that? Well, I just put them into the McDonald's burgers. Corruption is real. McDonald's burgers were being spread out in the crowd today. And I told fucking Harvey, because he's like, oh, I love my double pounder or quarter, quarter pounder, whatever they're called. I don't eat the shit. I said to him, you're eating human remains, particularly if you bought it from Mentone or Morty Alec. We know human remains are in the beef fucking patties. And if you research, you'll see the elders of this world state this in his, their videos that they laugh at the people of the world because they've made them fucking carnivores in the sense of a daily disgusting habit of what they're eating they've created this dependency on human meat okay so matt lawson walked miles and miles for his anti-vax cause and it's left him a little bit hungry but the weight of that work was just too much to bear and sometimes Matt has a temptation he just can't resist. And it has him wondering, is he part of the globalist agenda? What to do? Well, confess online to your followers. That's what you do. Hey, everyone. Thank you well. Um, I just thought I'd do this live. Uh... Because I feel like, in some ways, I've been living a bit of a lie, and it's something I wanted to address, and I feel like now's as good a time as any to address it. Um, not because anyone's making me, um, not because there's any pressure from anyone, but it's just something I feel like, I, in my heart of hearts, that I need to put out there. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it makes me a less of a person or a better person for putting it out there, but I wanted you guys to understand something that, you know, I'm not proud of, uh, but it's something that I have been doing for a little while, and it's something that I'm trying to stop and trying to break the habit of. Um, but yeah, I like uh, McDonald's apple pies. I like McDonald's apple pies. Now, does that make me a globalist? In some ways, probably yes. Um, I tend to get one every second month or so. So in a year, I'm probably putting, uh, I don't know, $30 back into McDonald's uh, for their apple pies. So 
right, I'm trying to get past this. I'm trying to get past this habit. I know I'm putting things in my body and I don't know exactly what they are. And I don't know all the information about them, but uh, it's a hard habit to break. And actually, as long as you understand, uh, everyone out there um, has a vice. There's a lot of people still using Woolworths. There's a lot of people still using um, Coles. There's a lot of people still shopping in these places and they're still using cards. We have a duty of care to ourselves, to our families, to our kids, to use cash wherever possible, to boycott these corporate giants that have been price gouging and stay away from them. From them. And I just wanted to put out there, that's one thing that I do every second month or so that I should not be doing. What's something you do that's supporting the globalist agenda that you shouldn't be doing? Please let me know in the comments. Love you guys. Peace. All right, Matt, I must confess to you, I spend like $30 a week on Macca's coffees. I'm sorry. I'm just really, really tired and I need my baby tears. How about you, Zoss? Are you a globalist? How often do you indulge in baby beef patties from Macca's? i got to say, I don't really like Maccas. I don't know. Maybe it's because I spend so much time saving kids during my lunch break that I just can't bring myself to eat them. I am a sucker for the dirty bird, though, and the best hangover cure, in my opinion, is a two-piece feed with a can of Pepsi Max. You can thank me later. <laughs> well, you are not going to age younger, my friend. It's wrinkles and an early death for you without your baby nutrition. I, on the other hand, am going to live forever. And Matt too. I got news for you, Matt. Apple pies are made from baby eyeballs. That's how they get them so gooey. Mmm, delicious. Okay, I need to know what's up with this whole two-for-one thing that I keep hearing about. Sauce, can you fill us in on that? Who started it and why is it called two-for-one? And then... What's all happening with the protests up that way? I hear there are buses and convoys planned. Can we expect Epic 2.0 with freedom fighters turning up in their millions? God. So two for one is the brain fart of a guy in Queensland whose name is Jody, who reckons Australians just love a bargain. A two for one deal on Chalky at the Servo. So he decided it would be a cool catchphrase to link it with the 24th of January, 241. I still don't uh, get it. That's why yeah, he yeah. did it, but I still don't get it. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Cool, but I don't get it. But anyway. Nah. So initially it was supposed to be happening in one location up near him in Queensland. But obviously not everyone could get up there, so it ended up being a bunch of events at different places all around the country. So they had some hashtags, exit the who, the who exit the WEF, and something about the UN. And the plan was to make a display with people lying on the ground or writing in the sand or having a big banner and get drones <laughs> to take the footage. He had some very outlandishly large ideas. So I don't know... <laughs> what they were planning on doing with the drone footage. I don't know. Did they think that they could put it on a little thumb drive and send it to Albo and he'd put it in their computer and go, oh, that's it. We need to exit the hoot. Yeah, totally convinced, guys. Totally <laughs> I don't convinced. Know. 
So some of the events look not too bad with about 30 people showing up. Oh. Other events had three people. (laughs) (laughs) So I actually ducked out of work to check out the Melbourne one. Of course, they met on the sacred steps. Where else in Victoria (laughs) would you meet? And about 20 people arrived in singles, which I thought was like spoke volumes to me. No one came like with a friend. It looked like everyone rocked up on their own. They couldn't convince anybody to come and join them. So then they held up a sign. They took some pictures and sat around and had a bit of a chat. At one point, a tradie guy did stop to ask what was happening. So the people holding the banner. So he had a polite back and forward with one of the ladies. It went for a while. He wasn't buying what they were selling, but it was quite a polite exchange until a bloke in an A1 polo arrived and just unleashed. Like he was getting in the tradie guy's face and like just yelling at him, calling him a fuckhead. And like even all the other people there were like, whoa, (laughs) like relax, mate. Luckily the tradie guy de-escalated a bit rather than taking his head off. Um, So that was two for one. But unfortunately, it's not the end of Jody and his ideas. Oh, God. He's rolled straight into, for fuck's sake, February. For fuck's sake, February? It's called FFS. So it has to be for fuck's sake, doesn't it? Why else would you call it FFS? Like, what does FFS stand for? Well, we have to ask it because wasn't this, there is another effort, there is another for fuck's sake in the movement and that's a, what is it, Freedom Financial Services? A <laughs> yeah, solution for the something FF like that? And the, the FF and the S I'm sure mean something. But We're gonna surely, like, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to type in FFS and realise people are going to assume it's for fuck's sake. But anyway. And from here on in, it's for fuck's sake, for February. Fuck's sake, February. <laughs> okay, uh, I mean, I mean. <laughs> so that <laughs> appears to just be them pushing the farmer's protest that Dave and I spoke right, about in yeah. the last episode. And then after fuck off February, uh, they're oh, fuck moving Fuck off into, February. <laughs> well, that's what it's going to be because once, as soon as January finished, he changed the Facebook group name to FFS February and like ditched all the content from Jan- January. So like when for fuck's sake February finishes, it will turn into fuck off February so that they can move straight into March, which is a focus oh. on whistleblowers. And they are in fact planning on just getting whistles and having protests where they blow whistles, which isn't even an original oh. idea because I'm God. pretty sure Karen Brewer suggested that for mm-hmm. Karen Brewer day. They and people did turn up with whistles. <laughs> so that that's Jody. In terms of the farmers' protest, this one is evolving every day. Yeah. <laughs> so a few more people say they're jumping on with it. I heard Darren Bergwerf telling Bold Lie that he was going. Uh, Guru says he's going, but he won't be supporting any politicians that speak on the day, which means he hasn't really looked at this protest closely at all because at last count there were 10 past and present politicians who were due to speak. So instead they plan on just taking heaps of Stop the Rock banners, congregating down the front, and if they don't like what they're hearing, they're going to turn their backs and basically make it all about them, which is what they do, and they don't give a shit about whether these farmers have got something real or imagined to say they just want to yes. go there and turn it into something about exposing pedos and 28 names. Right. Oh, God. Yeah, so like a, a protest within a protest. But, okay, yeah. cool. 
God. Mm. So Jody has posts all over the protest Facebook page, which I guess makes sense given that he works in the mining industry. Hey, mm. funny that. Okay, let's talk about Australia Day, and there is a lot to talk about. But before we get to the fury that was unleashed at Woolies, we're going to talk about how we spent the day. And we went to the Invasion Day rally in Melbourne. Yeah, I started attending this rally last year, but I was already on my way to reconsidering Australia Day a few years before that. But much like many other Aussies, in my life I had always celebrated Australia Day with a barbecue, drinks and nibbles and being raised in a white family, never really gave it another thought. But then I started having a rethink about things after hearing from Aboriginal women on probably a place most people would be surprised to hear, but Mamma Mia podcasts. I know they have some controversial history, but in this case... Platforming Aboriginal journalists who spoke about their upbringing, the effect of colonisation on their families for generations, and what Australia Day meant to them had a real effect on this Aussie bogan girl who had never heard this stuff before and otherwise probably wouldn't have. So kudos to Mamma Mia for that. But suddenly Australia Day didn't feel like something I wanted to celebrate. So I'm speaking here as the true Aussie on this podcast, right? (laughs) So for two years now, I have toddled along to listen to the speakers, hear what they have to say in order to keep myself open to other perspectives and lived experiences. I still love being an Aussie and I still feel patriotic towards my country because this is a beautiful place to be. And I love our flag, our slang, our accent, musk sticks. Sorry, Tom. (laughs) they're just so good anyway and larrikin behavior because like that's my cousins it's my mates it's the awesome people I grew up with who I know are really great people who want to have fun and a banter but don't want to hurt anyone they're not Nazis and are not true blue crew just Aussie blokes you know Aussies are daggy and we can have a laugh at ourselves think Russell Coit I love Russell Coit I also loved Steve Irwin and cried for days when he died. (laughs) There's so much to love about Aussies. So I still want an Australia Day, but not at the expense of others. So I vote for changing the date. And I think sentiment is changing that way for many people, even people within my space. While politics is new, is quite new to me, I have become aware that I like change. I think that makes me progressive. I think there is always room for improvement and I look forward to it. I most certainly don't want to go backwards to the past. And I am hopeful that we can improve things for Indigenous people while maintaining respect for their ways, their culture, having respect for their past and work towards ridding this beautiful country of racism and all the things that come with that, which quite frankly just weighs us all down. And That's what many of the speakers on Australia Day rightfully pointed out to us with their own personal stories that occurs even today. We still have some work to do, but first we need to hear them speak and that's what the rally means to me. That was lovely, Sandy. Thank you. So to say the rally was huge (laughs) would be an understatement. There were so many people. It took me more than 10 minutes of continuous recording 
just to try and catch the crowd start that march and i gave up like yeah. that wasn't even at the end of it my arm was too sore it was incredibly incredibly big at one stage i stood up on a bench um on the side and i was on like a hill so i could see all the way up and i could see all the way down and like it i couldn't see the end yeah of the street it was really good it was an interesting day and i'm glad we went we'll talk more about it on our patreon chat and we'll go into a bit more specifics about what the speeches were about mm. and whatnot. But for now, let's just kind of stay focused on our subjects here in the freedom movement. But at the end of this episode, I will include a recording I took of a monologue from Speaker Kamara Bell-Wikes, who wrote a eulogy to Australia Day's death. You know those days when you've seen one too many mask tards when you're at the shop? I'm going to give you helpful hints on how to deal with that on the way home. cities that never close down from New York to Rio and old London town but no matter how far or how wide I roam I still call Australia home I love being free And so I keep leaving the sun and the sea But my heart lies waiting over the phone I still call Australia Spinning round the world Away from their family and friends As the world gets older and colder It's good to know where your journey ends At the Governor's Gate, I want to meet you all Come back to the shore I realize something I've always known I still call Australia home Want to meet you at the Governor's Gate? Come on, let's do it! I still call Australia, 
So when it comes to the movement, Australia Day has been a wild, wild ride. First up, you had the common law aficionados in every comment section telling everyone, guys, the date is really in July. (laughs) I thought we had that all sorted last year after founder of my place, Birdworth, took them all to the shrine and got them to sing a song. Remember that? Oh, my God. (laughs) Look. Keep up, patriots. Yeah, I know. Then there was bullies. (laughs) It's just un-Australian. I demand to be able to purchase cheap tat made in China on Australia Day. What an absolute joke. How the hell am I expected to celebrate without a flag tied around my neck, my stubby holder in my hand, while I navigate the beach in my Aussie thongs. (laughs) To an Aussie bogan such as myself, that does conjure up a fun image. (laughs) So when it settled down a bit, like there were thousands of people there, but what I saw this morning, okay, they were at an aquathon, but Australia Day, not one Australian flag. Still not. And still not. We've just been for a walk. I've just done some training. I've just come back to grab some phones and... um. We'll get a little bit of a clip for tonight, but I'm wondering if everywhere's like this, guys, and I'm wondering about the MK Ultra, and I'm just wondering just how far these people are, are in. Yep, they are all MK Ultra because they went to a triathlon in swimmers and boardies rather than flags. He walked around a triathlon they were holding in Wollongong, being an absolute pest, and then went back out again later bemoaning the lack of flags while chanting, Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. There was a funny moment when he finally came across some fellow patriots and lo and behold, they were hoodie fans. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't think they were guru fans. (laughs) The actual chances of that happening to him in his hometown, very funny, very funny. But you know what, guru, you were MKUltra. You were all (laughs) MKUltra. Yet again, you've been sucked into the culture wars and manipulated by the elites, the media, and the politicians that you say you hate. (laughs) This all started when a loaded question from Channel 7 was put to Woolies about the lack of in-store merchandise, and it was off to the races, with all the usual suspects getting on board. Sky News, 2GB, Murdoch Press, Zippy, Teeny tiny, and even Spud Dutton was calling for a boycott. Right. All of them being outrageously outraged. (laughs) Contrary to their belief, Australia Day wasn't cancelled. A business made a business decision not to carry a product, just like businesses do every day. They had noted their sales had been falling and made a call. And if you don't like it, don't shop there. It's actually pretty simple. Yep. 
I don't understand this belief that if you aren't draped head to foot in a flag, singing Farnsey at the top of your lungs, calling on the spirit of the Anzacs, that you are somehow not Australian enough. That's not patriotism, it's jingoism. The reality is that things are changing, people are being more inclusive, and that puts guru and people like him in a tailspin. Love to see it. We're at Wollongong Court, guys. There's been a bit of controversy here. Uh, they've thrown us all out. Glen City's ground. We've all been turfed. Uh, we've had one of us uh, capsicum sprayed and, um, yeah, put down and cuffed. I suppose Cole's, uh, that's Cole the sociologist, guys. They tried pushing me around, trying to get me to react, but, you know, I wouldn't react. Um, but, yeah, they were, you know, they, this is just what they do, guys. So they've had to bring all these cops into the courthouse. We were all in the courtroom. But um, this is what it is, guys, all right? They just don't care. So they've turfed us all out, uh, capsicum sprayed people and fucking arrested Cole. Sauce, what the hell happened in the gong? Well, Patriot 101, a.k.a. the Postmaster General, a.k.a. Glenn of the Tribe Short. In other words, he's bloody Glenn Short. He's Glenn Short. Had a court appearance in relation to some traffic offences, and a call was put out for support because he wanted to roll out his Mark Kishon Christopher approach to pseudo-law. So this was actually in the message that went on Telegram, was come and watch me beat them using this. (laughs) So Mark Kishon is linked up with David Wynne Miller, and they both believe that it is in fact postmasters who rule the world (laughs) and they are obsessed with grammar and what words mean and how words are laid out in sentences and you can tell that when you listen to Glenn ever talk about anything to do with anything it's very technical about words and he breaks words into syllables and this syllable means this and this syllable means that it's very weird so a (laughs) bunch of people showed up and they went into the court blah, blah, I'm a living man, I will not board the ship, I am the benefactor of my trust. Next minute, cops appear, they're asked to leave, Cole the shirtless gets pepper sprayed and arrested, much to Kaz's disgust. The court then proceeds without Glenn, and he was found guilty, which is even more hilarious when you consider they reckon that he can't be beaten in court, and yet that's pretty much what happened on that day. Oh, gosh. Yeah, it's always the same outcome, isn't it? Always. 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 <laughs> always. Doesn't matter whether what what branch of the law <clears throat> you want to take into the courtroom, it always ends up with I'm a living man, I will not board your ship. <laughs> yeah. Always. And it's so well documented, all the losses. Yeah. Anyway, so, all right. There is an elephant in the room around this day that we need to address because there was a lot going on. Yeah. It almost overshadowed yep. this whole thing. Kids at protests. As pointed out to me over on Twitter or X a while ago, parents do take kids to protests and involve them in our causes. See, I do listen to people who challenge me on Twitter as well. We indoctrinate our kids into our views all the time. It's true. We want to choose the values our kids grow up with. Hence, we might go buy that controversial book and open the conversation up to our youth. 
Or we may choose to pull our kids out of mainstream schools so that we can school them at home away from views that they may get exposed to that we disagree with. Or why we may take our kids to church every Sunday or Bible school or, like me, actively choose never to do that because it goes against my values. We all do it. Protests, for the most part, are pretty safe. At women's marches, you'll see women with their kids or teen daughters standing for women's rights. At the Invasion Day rally, I saw lots of kids all dressed up in red, black and yellow being shown how to fight for their rights and their future or ally non-Aboriginal people bringing their kids to show them a different perspective. That was me, my teen. At Pride marches, you'll see rainbow families. Everyone does it from all sides of politics. But sometimes they aren't safe and sometimes they can be confrontational. During the pandemic at the Melbourne lockdown protests, things got pretty rowdy and scary and full of people who just wanted to break rules. That was the whole point of them being there. They ran through police lines and were pretty hard to manage. Do you remember all of that, Sauce? <laughs> Do I remember all of that? <laughs> and while the so-called leaders of those marches were out for lunch. Literally out for lunch. <laughs> yeah, um, at Moda Restaurant. <laughs> and you just had leaderless mobs marching the streets for hours and hours who inevitably met with police brutality. And at those rallies, there was a huge debate and uproar about kids attending them or being brought to them by their freedom-fighting parents. I remember all of this, (laughs) especially when at one point a young boy, I think he might have been about 12, Mm. was famously pepper sprayed and pictures of him crying went viral with the father being absolutely condemned for bringing him. At one point, the organisers of the rallies had to specifically request that no kids attend because it wasn't a safe environment at the time. We have seen members of My Place and Beyond organising protests at libraries where they know kids plan to attend because they are protesting children's events. Hence why these events end up cancelled and then subsequently kept going by pop-up story times hosted by Rainbow Community Angels, which we all know about because they have designed their whole thing around protecting the children who attend. Even I made the judgment call to bring my kids to one of these events, knowing contingencies were all put in place for their protection, and we had a safe, child-friendly event despite the 20 or so My Place members yelling towards them. Yeah, I think sometimes it might be difficult to know how a protest potentially is going to or could end up right and that's for a protest I would say though in this case that probably wasn't true because about a week or so before Glenn's appearance a similar call was put out for people to attend court in Melbourne to support another freedom fighter and almost the same thing happened so here's what Darren Bergwerf had to say about it I'll be saying it might be a quote um, or it might be some uh, some things that people are actually doing, and 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 the thing the thing that uh, we're pushing at the moment again, uh, like you know, eighteen months ago, twenty months ago, after the federal election, it was all about let's get the council meetings. We've got to bring it back local, and we we went really hard on the councils for about twelve months. Um, what's transpiring now, I believe, is um, the courts, and I went to a court case in Melbourne. Um, a couple of weeks ago, and there was probably 50 or 60 of us jammed into this court and the magistrate's court on level three in the city. And 
the gallery was very, very vocal, um, very loud applause on three or four occasions um, supporting this lady that was uh, was taking on APRA uh, for removing her licence for uh, um, handing out uh, exemptions um, back in 2020 and 2021 or 2021. And uh, there were a lot of comments flying from the gallery um, and a lot of uh, accusations. Now, we had about 20 cops in the foyer when we left the courtroom um, but we left, we, we were there peacefully, uh, non-belligerent, but the, um, they certainly got a message from the people that, uh, you know, the people that see through the, uh, the fraud and they're fed up, doesn't matter what you do to us, um, it's not going to stop. We're, we don't accept your authority, we don't accept your decisions, and, and this, these will grow in numbers. I think there's a case coming up uh, early February um, in Brisbane. Now, it's to do with uh, um, uh, child... I'm not sure whether it's child trade. I better be careful what I say. I'm not too sure, but it's a case that we must have um, people there and fill the courtroom. I've got a friend down here, Steve, who's uh, going to court next Friday in Frankston. We'll have that courtroom filled. And we need to be all there learning, watching and, um, and taking notice uh, as witnesses. So that's the blueprint. Get heaps of people there and disrupt the court. So I'm not sure anyone who attended can pitch a case that they didn't realise that it might turn out this way because this is what they're actively trying to do. Get heaps of people there, get them in the courtroom, disrupt the court, run amok. So this is where I stand on this issue. While this was a misstep in judgment by Beck for bringing her kids to this event, who, in the words of Beck, ended up traumatised by the appearance of a squad of police turning up. But I put the blame on Glenn, who tried this on. He encouraged people to attend and put nothing in place to keep her kids safe. This was not a protest Mm. and this was never a kid-friendly event. I do note that Glenn asked people going to be calm, but I'm just not buying it. And perhaps Glenn should consider what he's doing here in his bid to get his 15 minutes of fame. And now... These common law groups are pushing for more volunteers to become sheriffs and there are new telegram channels popping up to help with numbers at court cases. Mm. The reality is they want confrontation, mainly because it creates content for their nightly shows and Twitter spaces (laughs) and just keeps the machine moving. Like we know this is the tried and true thing. Create a scene, someone gets arrested, boo cops, they're against us, we're winning. They've only done that because Cole was so close to exposing the truth and they want to silence him, buys another two weeks of content. That's it. And just so someone can get their little badge of honour, I don't know. Yeah. Because Lord knows, like, the arguments and the mountains of papers and documents that they throw at the judge just don't work. So it's not about that. And I think... One of the other things that we all do need to be very mindful of is how we participate in the filming and sharing of other people's children. Oh, my God. And this is, again, this is both sides. Yeah, like the protesters every Saturday are in Bark Street live streaming other people's kids. We attend protests and we take photos, and we release videos, and there's kids in those videos too. 
So I think we all just need to be really mindful that these children, their photos, they're forever now. So imagine like <laughs> your photo mm. somehow just because you were walking down Bark Street, minding your own business and your mum got in a fight with the protesters or whatever. And all of a sudden you've been live streamed, you've been reproduced we've shared it, they've shared it, everyone shared it across every single platform and you're just that kid who was minding their own business and now your photo's out there for the whole world to see. So I think we all just need to be cognizant that children deserve protection from all of us. Yeah, and images that are shared online just don't go away and that's the yeah. that's a sad part. You were in a vulnerable position at the time. You were young, you were little and you had no idea what was going on. And then also having the, your image shared around while people uh, made disparaging comments about your family. Yeah. I just think that's so, it's so re-traumatizing. I just. Yeah. And and the only other thing that I'll say on that is it it's very patriarchal to continue to pass comment about whether someone is or isn't a good mother. Yeah. I just sometimes get bemused by how much language goes around describing a mother and not the father but that's just <laughs> that's just my view you know like and I'm not specifically talking about Beck I'm talking about like life in general like how often do you hear things like oh well where's the mother yes that's right yeah that does like, happen well, why are we like what like just this this we still in 2024 have these gender roles that somehow mums are responsible for their children and dads aren't responsible for their children. That's the, that's the mum's job. But anyway, I'm digressing. That's another, just another thing that kind of bugs me out a little bit, but kids are out of bounds. Let's just finish it on that. Absolutely. Kids are out of bounds. Out of bounds. Two, three, four, five, six. Parties of some considerable size. They're all masons, they're all crooks, they're all controlled by the same people. So what they do is they throw out a couple of um, outriders to, to give the people the impression that uh, someone's fighting the good fight. But I'm going to name and go through them. So here we go. Here we go. Let's scroll down. Craig Kelly. Okay, listeners, it's time to get out your popcorn. The fight between Bosie and Craig Kelly continues, but, oh my gosh, trigger warning for what you're about to hear. Of course, it's Bosie. Of course, mm. there's got to be trigger, massive trigger warnings. Two, three, four, five, six parties of some considerable size. They're all masons. They're all crooks. They're all controlled by the same people. So what they do is they throw out a couple of um, outriders to, to give the people the impression that uh, someone's fighting the good fight, but I'm going to name and go through them. So here we go. Here we go. Let's scroll down. Craig Kelly. Now, these names won't mean anything to you, but it's important that these fuckers know that the world knows who they are and what they're doing. Now, Craig Kelly, 12 years in the Australian Parliament, 12 years silent on Australian child sex trafficking. He's never said a word. Now, we had a senator actually sit there in a committee and hold up a police document saying there are 28 names on this, VIP pedophiles, there's a 90-year suppression order on these names. But nobody knows anything about it and nobody can say anything about it. So we've got sickos in our high court, former prime minister on this list, the high, the polity, the judiciary, the constabulary, the military, you name it, academia, big business, big unions, the media, 
these are these are sick, sick, sick individuals. He knows the list. They all know the list. Never said anything about it. Now he's banging on about climate change like he saved the planet. We know it's nonsense. That's not a story. It's not a story. We know it. And that's this guy. Now he's out of parliament now, but this guy's a Masonic pig, and he knows it, and everybody knows it. And his little world is coming down. So that's the first one. Pauline Hanson. Now Pauline Hanson started off as a fish and chip shop owner. And she started off with the best of intentions. She was a simple woman that just saw something wrong and thought she'd do something about it. And she started genuinely with the best of intentions. But over time, she got broken because she was just too weak. And the trouble is not being broken. That's not the problem. The problem is then shutting up and just going along with you, sucking on the teat. Now, what have they got over Pauline Hanson? Now, we know what we've got over Craig Kelly because he's a mason. He's a baby fucking goat jockey as are all his mates. And if they're not actually doing it, they're certainly protecting. So Crackers, Kelly claims he is talking to lawyers about whether he has a case for defamation. And I really, really, really hope that he pursues it. Oh, yes. These clowns have been allowed to say what they want, when they want, with no repercussions for far too long. Yep. <laughs> and just... How much does he love rattling off the judiciary, the military, the constabulary? You know that that saying that he does? Like he that is his favorite little thing. It roll the way it rolls off his tongue. You would not be able to count how many times he said that series of words during this <laughs> war. Like fucking hell, mate. We've heard it before. <laughs> anyway, as far as I'm concerned, let them fight. So that's a message from our sponsor, everybody. And I just saw one of our little trolls uh, sneaking in. Well, who was it? That that woman that uh, runs the SOS that thing. I actually I actually listened to one of their, their podcasts. It was freaking hilarious. Yeah, they good <laughs> value. Such, oh my god, they're so like it's like talking. It would actually be like it's like spoon filled at feeding children. Oh, so they managed to recruit all of the uh, the Palestinian movement. <laughs> this is for uh, uh, LGBT, the drag queen story time. Like, that anybody actually, like, the irony, of, of course, is that the um, the Muslims actually, in their in a Muslim Sharia law country, they wouldn't be allowed to conduct their lifestyle no. and they'd be the ones standing up for them. Yeah. <laughs> like, if, exactly if our right. lesbians want to have a family, we don't have an issue with that. The issue, the issue that it unites everybody is the sexualization of the of the children. Like if you want to, if you want to have um, a story time, fine, go ahead. Nobody's got an issue with that. Okay, but when you've got a fella on there in a dress dancing around with his balls hanging out, we've all got issues with that. It's it's practically porn. But anyway, um, anyway, yeah, well, so I, I actually about this, did um, having to dig at them. There, guys, we got a bit of info on on that, and yeah, so we still got the constabulary out there. Bits of it are breaking, but others are trying to hold it up. But yeah, continue, Kay. Sorry. No, well, it's just the thing is that, you know, nobody nobody cares. Go and do what you like, okay? Go and screw who you like. We don't care about that, you know? But the Leave thing the is... Leave freaking kids alone. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Simple. Anyway, so it's just, but like they're, they're, and they call us conspiracy, they call us tinfoil hatters. Yeah. And yet they've got the biggest tinfoil hats. They're coming up with these outlandish things like, oh, they managed to hijack the Palestinian movement. Like, are you for real? As if anybody could check the Palestinian movement. Yeah. Like, honest to God. It's just That's like me every... speaking of us being smart enough to infiltrate their movement to get away with a few things, you know what I mean? Yeah, and then this is what they do. Idiots. <laughs> oh, Absolute idiots. 
And then Ronnie they and then point the finger at yeah. us and they say that we that um you know oh ho, 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 we're dumb. Uh, actually, no, we're actually really smart because we allow you guys to continue on with your your streaming out, and we get all of it. You break the algorithms for us, and we get all of the people that we can't reach you for us. So thank you very much for that. Yeah, we're all over it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, so let's just yeah, basically. Everything. All yeah, right, stupid let's as a, stupid is as stupid does. Bone cats. <laughs> I don't think she likes my singing. <laughs> I think I just pissed off Captain and Tennille in their comment section. It looks like you did. <laughs> what were you writing in the comments, Soth? Well, it was when Guru was good blocking himself every five minutes for speaking up for women in a Twitter space. And so I just kept going in there and going, like, I think it's great that you're standing up for women, but when will you stand up for Mark Max, mum? <laughs> and every time I typed the comment, it literally was being deleted instantaneously. <laughs> so instead of having a go at Mark Mack for abusing his mother, which they never have, they've nope. never nope. commented on it. They won't. Anyway, they had a go at us. <laughs> yeah, funny that. So I was censored, uh, but I didn't get blocked. So wow. that's something. Yep. <laughs> Well, I, for one, am glad she found us funny. I will take that as a compliment. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> but I am going to be fair here and give Kaz the benefit of the doubt because she did say she only listened to one episode of ours. So I don't think she fully grasped us yet and I don't think she fully understands what has happened around the whole Drag Queen story hours. I am so pleased they said we can do what we want and have drag queen story time at libraries if we want. Hallelujah. I'm just going to go and let Flicker know right now that the angels can finally put down those glittery rainbow-coloured pool noodle wings as all is well again. Except Kaz has spent so much time with her nose in American business, spreading whatever nonsense on her show each night that she doesn't understand the ripple effect of all the dribble they spill on there and how down the line people have been spewing a lot of hatred towards librarians all over Australia for choosing to host these events that Guru just now said he doesn't mind all of a sudden. Do they think librarians are cancelling these events because they agree with Guru and everybody else? You know, they're winning the information war. Hell no. These events get cancelled because they're scared. Librarians have now, from many different locations in different states, reported threats and harassment so intense they've had to involve the police. All because these guys think drag queens at these story times are men wearing dresses with their balls hanging out. The, the fact that they speak like that and then go, oh, we're not hateful. I don't know what kind of story time she thinks we're dealing with here, but that's not it. Also, I think she has us confused for Cooker Watchers on Twitter when she says we bring them people who wouldn't normally come across them. Outside <laughs> of the episode on Guru, I don't think we've ever spoken about them on the podcast. I don't think. No, no. no maybe. I, I was thinking about this too. I don't even know maybe if we mentioned news it. Maybe in news in passing, we might have said something. We must have said something about the 2GB thing. Possibly, yeah. But, you know, if they do say something that tickles my fancy on the show, <laughs> I do do a quick tweet. But 
outside of that, and that's more to hang shit on him by calling him <laughs> Captain Bird's Eye or Captain Feathersword or Captain Antoneal <laughs> or Captain Underpants or the good ship Lollipop. Like, none of that. Yeah, I don't think you could say that my tweet takes people to watch their show. Come on. She also is trying to say that their show gets more viewers than Metropolitan News broadcasts each night. Turn oh. it fucking up, Kaz. Turn it up. <laughs> I also don't think that that's the burn she thinks it is. Saying that actually is kind of admitting and alluding to the fact it's a bad thing to bring people to their show. Like, whoops. Thing <laughs> is, it is. <laughs> See, their show introduces different characters who use their audience to recruit from. For people who are not far right but right so far, they've gotten a fair bit wrong. Like the time they platformed Tane, who turned out to be some dirty scammer, Spiros, who also turned out to be a major dirty scammer, ripping retirees of their life savings on the Mornington Peninsula. Yeah, great. Just send your your viewers to Spiros. Mm. <laughs> or Mark Mack, who turned out, as we all know, to be an elder abuser who committed inheritance fraud. Or... I don't know, Paul Robert Burton, who without a doubt is a fucking cult leader. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. He, he's attempting to recruit people to fight against child protective services where he states on his website, mm. use any force necessary even if it's lethal. I mean, I get it. Child protective services can be really shit, but that's not it. Or that mentally unwell young man who saw figures in his X-ray images. Remember mm. that one? Or even John Wilson who was convicted yeah. of say of threatening to shave Fiona Patton's head and drag her through the streets naked. And this is a bit that I don't understand. Like, I'm sorry, you can't good bloke yourself and say, you know, oh, we've got to protect our women because you don't protect women. You protect women who agree with you. And if women don't agree with you, you treat them like absolute shit. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah. They it's, just have it's so many problematic guests on that show it, it's crazy but you know I like to think our listeners are being fully informed before heading over there if somehow they got the idea from us which I don't <laughs> think they do but if they did get it from us at least they're arriving knowing who you're platforming on the show exactly and if I can be a little bit cheeky for a second if anything we might bring some trolls that they end up blocking so that point might be a bit mute mm. <laughs> but finally that tinfoil hat comment excuse me I'm not wearing no tinfoil hat I'm especially not wearing no tinfoil hat by stating how the my play Shepparton group recruited from the local free Palestine group it's in the footage that Steph took and also in the My Place meeting minutes. <laughs> yep. As I've said before on this podcast, we don't make this stuff up. Who could? <laughs> but thanks for listening, Kaz. We love hearing from our fans. <laughs> oh, God. She's going to go listen to the Guru and Bosi episode. Fuck. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this uh, first News and Views of 2024. I'm sure that this year, as every other year in the war, that we're going to have an awful lot to talk about. We're currently working on a deep dive into Teresa Van Lyshow. So stay tuned for that Ooh. one. It's going to be very interesting. You can follow us on Twitter and join up for our Patreon if you enjoyed this episode and you want to support us. All the links are in the show notes. Thanks for listening.
Thanks for listening, everyone. See you next time. My name is Kamara Bell-White and I'm a Yagara Bachala Dalungbara woman from Southeast Queensland uh, and I just want to pay my respects to the people, uh, elders, ancestors and country of this place here, Wurundjeri country, always was, always will be, and to all of your ancestors as well. Today I've been asked to speak on behalf of the warriors of the Aboriginal resistance and I speak in honour of my mother, Dr. Jeannie Bell. Yeah. <clears throat> Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to witness the long overdue and painfully anticipated death of the shameful atrocity otherwise known as Australia Day. Before we bid one last farewell to its maggot-infested remains and leave it to rot in an out-of-date and inaccurate version of his story, I ask you to join me in some final woeful reflections on this shit-fuckery of a day. in some particular order. Once merely just a twinkle in the eye of Australia's nationalist forefathers who'd long bloodlusted after a day to celebrate their toxic empire built on prison systems and land theft, Australia Day was sprung forth from the loins of the Labor Party and traumatically born into the House of Representatives, Parliament House, Canberra, 1994. Yet, the vile act of adorning Aussie flags as capes and obnoxiously declaring the misdirected paddle cry, oi, 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 only began during Howard's disastrous reign. Given he was tossed out of Parliament some 17 years ago and is himself, fingers crossed, not long for this world, Vile culture wars and insulting notions of white armband history must also come to an end. Because let's face it, apart from planting a misplaced flag on someone else's lands in the farce of claiming it as private property on behalf of an inbred dynasty halfway across the world, not much actually happened on the 26th of January, 1788. In actual fact, the poor convicts who managed to survive the journey were left starving in their own filth whilst a bunch of English gentlemen dressed in colonial garb argued on how to best proceed with their ensuing treacherous settlement. Shame. Because far from being a day of pride, the 26th of January is a date that marks the beginning of mass cultural, physical, ecological and spiritual genocide featuring some of the worst crimes against humanity in global history. Shame. 
And though this has been widely known for some time, Whiter Australia have been somewhat hesitant to leave the party. Given our first official day of mourning was held on the 26th of January, 1938, when legendary activists, William Cooper, Jack Patton, Mark Tucker, Bill Ferguson, and many others dressed in their finest suits and dresses, led a procession through the streets of Sydney to highlight these horrific injustices. The very same injustices we march against almost a century later. We only have to look to recent events at the Australian government's Catch-22 referendum and the tragic but unsurprising no vote to Aboriginal Australia having an undefined voice in the national constitution to see just how far we have to go. The fact this document was designed to reinforce colonial notions of terra nullius in constitutional passages that still exist to this very day is a discussion for another time. Yet, we hold on to hope. Hope that one day Australia will honour its first people and pay us what we're owed. Hope that one day we will come together as a people, a country, a nation, to honour the true meaning of this day. And as we see national chains such as Woolworths, Aldi and even Bunnings, with so much unsold union hack merch gathering dust on their shelves, they've elected not to stock it at all. the annual lamb industry ad starring yet another outdated Aussie icon who, for his sake, I'll leave unnamed, have probably created more vegans than proud Aussies in the last decade. And lest we forget Triple J rescheduling their Hottest 100 to a more appropriate day. As more and more city councils are electing not to hold Australia Day events, even the city of Melbourne has quietly cancelled its annual parade because, frankly, its pathetically dwindling numbers were unable to compete with the monumental crowds gathering to march for Invasion Day. our hope is finally paying off. Welcome. Took you a while, but welcome. Welcome to the right side of her street. Because let's face it, when is it ever appropriate to celebrate the beginning of genocidal colonisation? And as I look around at this very un-Australian crowd of tenacious community members, warriors and allies, it seems the distant dream of this undignified, dead, dying dog of a day is finally being put out of its misery once and for all. And that, my friends and family, truly is something to celebrate.
We are still here. You couldn't kill us. This is our country. And so it is with sincere and humble pleasure that I declare, fuck Australia Day. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Let it burn to the ground and rest eternally in unpeace. This is your funeral, not ours. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land.